0: Thank you,
2: sir. Thank you for that. Heyo! Welcome in to another episode of the TFA Dino Show, episode 36. Tom, it is time for some haters ball.
3: Hate, 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 hate,
2: hate, 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 hate. Us talking big busts this year. And, and this is kind of the fun episode because everybody everybody gets a little, little uptight when you, when you talk about a player that they like and you call them a bust. It's easy to talk and say, oh, I think this guy's going to be great. This guy's going to be top five. This guy's going to be top ten. Everyone loves when you hype up other players, but when you talk down about a team or a specific player, people get a little feisty. They get a little antsy.
3: If there's one thing I'm good at, it's insulting people. (laughs) And, you know, I think I'm a pretty good dad too, but insulting people, really, um, I'm good at it.
2: Yeah, uh, I'm kind of excited to get into this, but before we do, we got to do our question of the week. And I am curious because I don't think since we have started this, I'm not sure if you've gone – I don't think you've gone to an NFL game. At least you haven't told me if you have. But uh, are you planning Hmm. on going to an NFL game or live sporting event this year? If so,
3: which one? I will go to an Eagles game, uh, probably one or two. I am actually going to a Phillies-Mets game this Friday, Friday evening. Yeah, yeah. Phillies are one and a half game back. And they uh, are playing against the Mets. It's a Friday night game. ESPN. Yeah, the Mets. The Mets, bring, the Mets are yeah, in bring, town. Bringing my pops over for his birthday. My brother-in-law is a Mets fan from Queens. He's coming up, going to try and, you know, not punch him in the face. Uh And then we got – I'm bringing my father-in-law too. So it's going to be a good time. We're going to go to the Phils game. we got some really good seats.
2: Is that hard for you to um, do, Not not punch what? people in the face being from Philly? Is that, like, tough to not – Resolve right now.
3: Not necessarily. Oh, okay. Um yeah, it is. It's actually <laughs> harder than I think. I was trying to <laughs> we just love uh, violence, okay? I just yeah, I'm, you know what? The problem is when you're good at it, like I was in the Marine, so i was like yeah, it's kind of fun, but I'm grown up now. I don't want to get arrested. I have children, my wife would probably beat me, you know. I don't I don't feel like getting beat. So yeah, no, no, no violence. We're going to go. We're going to have a good time. We're uh, 20 rows up, kind of behind the Phillies dugout. Yeah, Phillies dugout home plate in between there. So, going to have a good time. Going to be fun.
2: That is fantastic. Maybe we'll
3: get in the suite. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't
2: know. Might get crazy. I don't know. I don't know.
3: We got a guy. We got a guy who gives us some stuff. I got a guy.
2: Oh, I love having a guy. Yes. I am going to Sunday night football, Cowboys at Minnesota Vikings. Got a lot of uh, friends who are Vikings fans. Uh, my family is, is Cowboys fans, along with my wife, and, and so we are going to have a good time um, up there in Minneapolis. Um, so that's what I'm pumped up about. Um, that's actually on Halloween, so uh, I'm going to dress Ooh. up you know, maybe as a, a Cowboys so, winner because, you know, it's, it's kind yeah. of a, a forgotten about thing recently.
3: They're, you're lucky because I don't think they can start flexing teams out of Sunday Night Football, even though they're shitty. Uh, like uh, the Dallas Cowboys until like week 12 or so. Right.
2: Let's, let's go get rid of the team that gets the best ratings. Let's get them out of here. Right. Yes, that would yeah. be a. Bad they're they're
3: so shitty.
2: <laughs> That's a good way to segue into uh, some Carson Wentz news. Talk about <sighs> just the knife that keeps on digging in your back. Carson Wentz is potentially out five to twelve weeks along with Quentin Nelson out five to twelve weeks I actually could make an argument that this lineman is the bigger loss to that Colts offense. But Carson Wentz also being out is a big loss and because it affects the Eagles first versus second round pick and return that they get for him. And I'm curious uh, just your thoughts on I guess Wentz from a dynasty perspective. You know, does this affect Jonathan Taylor long term or I guess just for you know a part of the season. Um, what are your thoughts with how this, this ripple effect happens from these two injuries?
3: So it's uh, there's big ramifications all around because the we can start with the pick. We know about the pick. 75% of the snaps uh, or 70% and the Colts make the playoffs. So if Jacob Eason comes in or he, Sam Ellinger apparently has uh, Colts brass buzzing, according to reports. Yeah, okay, I know. So that's going to be tough. If they lose a bunch of games, then... I'm not sure exactly what they're gonna do. Are they gonna rush Carson back? They might try and rush him back to get, you know, quicker, but then he can get hurt again. Um the pick is probably gonna wind up conveying as a second round pick, especially if he goes out there and week four, you know, they're three and one or something. Give him a couple more weeks just to get healthy. Quentin Nelson came out and said he already had two surgeries. This is a third one. He got pretty good at rehabbing and he'll be back in five weeks. I'm not going to not believe anything Quentin, Quentin Nelson says because he's an angry man who will do what he wants and he was will impose his will upon that stupid foot injury of his. So he'll be back. Seventy percent of Quentin Nelson is still better than you know eighty percent of the guards in the NFL. Yeah. So JT had a tough run schedule to start anyway. I think he in the first six week he he plays like four of the top six or top five top 10 rushing defense something like that so that'll be interesting. so jt might start a little bit slow so that's a tricky one for me whence it definitely affects uh as far as like his dynasty value he's going to drop down because if you were basically saying that he was injury prone <clears throat> this backs that up a little bit more because we he heard it when he was in high school nothing happened while he was in the pros or in college with it but if you have a uh, pre-existing injury like that, you're more likely to do it. But then Quentin Nelson goes out without one and does the same thing. So it kind of, the injury falls in itself. But you might, he's not really a buy. You know what I mean? And right. you can't tell him because his value is tanking. JT's a hold unless somebody out there panics because of this, then go scoop him up. But JT's not really doing anything. I saw Ryan McDowell sent out the August uh, the initial August ADP and JT was the uh, second overall player. So he's the second running back behind CMC. So um, those, some of those might have occurred before the injuries. I'm not sure, but likely JT is probably not going to drop that far with his value. But yeah. That's my 18 minute rant on Carson Wentz and Jonathan Taylor.
2: I, I agree with you. There's nothing really else to add. Um, But I do want to kind of kick it over because um, this is a guy we have a little bit different opinion on in Trey Lance and Coach Kyle Shanahan tells us all he's not going to get first team reps. This is Jimmy and Trey Lance is playing for backup. And then what happens? 24 hours later, they give him um, some first team reps. And so, what are your thoughts? A liar. Yeah, I think Kyle Shanahan's
3: big. He's a big liar. Stock
2: down on Kyle Shanahan. I think that's that's what we got to take (laughs) notes.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's so, playing well. He's
2: playing well, and yeah. I want to just let you kind of take the floor and, and give me your thoughts.
3: So he is. So the one thing I think most of us thought, hoped for, etc., when he went to San Fran was that he was going to be able to sit a year and kind of learn the game, process it behind him. So I, I don't really know – like, if he's going to start week one, if he just flat out beats him out, then his value is going to shoot up a lot because I think his – his value is baked in that he was going to sit a while. And you've talked about in the past, Zach Wilson has added value this year over Trey Lance because he's going to play this year. So it's one of those, do you want him to learn? Yes. But the best thing for him might be to get out there and actually play, especially if Kyle Shanahan says, you know what you beat out Jimmy Garoppolo. If, if he plays better, the rest of the team knows he's playing better. You got to start him. So I, I wasn't quite expecting something like this, especially this early, because mobile quarterbacks in training camp without pads, when they're not getting hit, uh, they're kind of behind the eight ball. Like Jalen Hurts, it's tough for him to look really good in a lot of these practices just because he's not running around, because the play, you know, you're not gonna hit him. And it's the same thing with Trey Lance. So, but he's looked good as a passer, <laughs> which I think a lot of people were concerned about. You're not worried about his running skills. So, uh, yeah, uh, I'm excited for him. What about you?
2: Yeah, I think actually uh, we're kind of in the minority. I think a lot of people want him to start. And I think we saw that from his ADP, even in redraft. I mean, he's quarterback 14. I think a lot of people expect him to start the whole year. I mean, he had the third overall draft selection, right? And and most of those top five guys get in and and start pretty quickly. So I think most people expect this type of trend. Now I want to pump the brakes just a tad because just because you get a few first team reps, I mean, these are his first ones, right? And we did, uh, we've had a week plus of many, or excuse me, of training camp. So yes, he, he, he's probably working in certain packages and whatnot, but, I don't know if this is the, hey, Trey Lance is really starting to just kick down the door. I think it's a bit, bit premature, but it's obviously trending in that direction, which is which is what you want to see um, to get Trey Lance on the field. And I agree with you that that's why I have Zach Wilson above him right now, is I know Zach Wilson's going to start and I'm going to be able to see what he has this year. And, and you're going to be able to make a decision on him quicker than you would Trey Lance if Trey Lance sits for half a year, three quarters of a year, or whatever. So Um, I do give a premium to dynasty players who I know are going to play just because you can find when they hit and you see that they're good. Like we saw Justin Jefferson shoot up. We saw Justin Herbert shoot up. Like if Joe Burrow hadn't shown he was good and he got injured, he'd be down where Tua is, right? He'd be lower than Tua. Um, But we saw when when some of these guys hit when they were good, they shot up. And even Tua, who was meh last year, you you could say below average, he is even shot up because we got to see a little bit. Got to, He improved his weapons. We know he's not absolutely terrible, right? Um, so I think you see some of those people take off once you see him play, um, especially when they're, they're a rookie. So I think this is good news for Trey Lance, and, and I'm curious to see where it goes the rest of the, the way. I'm not sure if he's starting week one still, but it's definitely trending that way.
3: Yeah, I don't necessarily think he's going to start week one. I think Jimmy's going to wind up getting the nod there unless somebody – offers the 49ers a you know a really good pick for garoppolo in which case i don't know who would do that basically it's gonna have to be like a uh, uh the vikings dude when the eagles got sam Bra- Sam bradford when they traded mm-hmm. him sam bradford after mm-hmm. uh teddy got hurt yep. we're gonna have to have one of those situations which would like work the out for like the colts i don't know <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, the problem is when you have that much money already tied into a quarterback, and you have a good franchise that knows how to yeah. run. There, <laughs> right? They're not just going to do something like they're that. they're not going so. for Jimmy. No, no. <clears throat> right? No, they're not. And wouldn't it be funny if Nick Foles went there and Carson's like, Grrr! "Dude, I'm <laughs>
2: telling you, some of the comments Frank Reich's making, he fits our oh, yeah. culture, but he's a bear right now." He's a yeah. bear now. You know, he's not he, he keeps leaving this door open. I definitely think they're talking. He says they're not. I definitely think there's conversations. Cuz what can you get Nick Foles for? A 6th round pick Dude, probably?
3: You 6th? You might <laughs> They might send you a pick with Nick Foles just to get him off their books. Yeah. Like let's be serious. That <laughs> it's it's crazy. So yeah. I'm interested to see, that would be just really funny or Jacob Eason goes out there and he balls for the first five weeks, and then what do you do?
2: That's what I'm hoping for. I, I was a Jacob Eason fan last year coming out of Washington. I think he has a rocket of an arm. He just needs to work on his accuracy and his progressions, and he just needs the reps right now. He he didn't dress for any NFL games last year, so um, I, I want to kind of see what progresses with him. But, Tom, before we keep going and we lose too much time, we got to get into this haters ball, talk a little bit of 2021 bus. You ready?
3: I am ready. Do Do we want to start off like hot, 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 or do we want to work our way into the hotness?
2: That's what I was going to ask you because I mean, do we just hit them with like the the hottest of hot right right away, just off the bat? Like that's not how I listed mine, but I kind of want to go.
3: Uh, I kind of want to go hot off the. Right off you the want cuff. to get right in there? No foreplay. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Go ahead. The floor is yours then.
2: <clears throat> All right, y'all. Uh, the first 2021 bust for Robbie Jeffries is Saquon Barkley. And I, sh- and I shudder as I say that because I feel like it's blasphemous. I feel like it is as a nine, as a 10, as a 11, as a 12, as Stephen A. Smith would say. But there's just so much going against him right now, Tom. There's so much. He is currently the running back five, ADP overall of five. Um, I've seen it higher on some sites, but we pulled from Fantasy Pros full PPR. And and there's just a lot of risk right now with him. Obviously let's just talk about the first thing is is we have the injury, right? He was injured last year. It was early, but he is uh, still recovering from it, not practicing. He's doing his own stuff on the side, cutting and things like that. But uh, I think we're seeing kind of with Joe Burrow, how when you get back into live action, you kind of tend to favor that knee um, right away. You're not used to getting hit or people moving around. You're used to babying it a little bit. And we haven't seen him jump back into that action Uh, Do we have a full month still for the season? Yes, there is definitely time. But um, I think we've seen a lot of different studies about how ACLs definitely uh, take a hit on the performance the following year. Um, Not saying that he's going to be done. He can never get back to old Saquon. But the following year, I I think there's a lot of information out there that we don't see the 100% um, player that you saw pre-injury. And so I think there's a little bit of injury uh, maybe not re-injury risk, but just the injury, not getting the full volume, not getting your full efficiency, not getting the full workload. Um, that's that's something that, that I am concerned about with Saquon. Uh, second, his role in the passing game, Tom. So we saw in his rookie year he gets 128 targets. He absolutely balls out, and that's why he was so good that first year. Not only was he fantastic on the ground, scored 12 rushing touchdowns, but he also had 128 targets. He was a baller through the air as well. That was with Eli Manning. and he got 7.5 targets per game. Then you go to 2019 with Daniel Jones. He's down to 5.5 targets per game. He only played the 13 games, but um, we're talking about a a hit is per game target. Right. So now on top of that, you add in an alpha like Kenny Galladay. Right. Right. But uh, let's assume that that's not keeping him out the entire year. He he is going to obviously command a a decent workload, a decent target share. Um, So I don't see uh, Saquon recovering past the 5.5. I think we're actually worried if he gets the 5.5 targets per game um, that he had in 2019. Um, And then you go to his touchdown potential. We saw him fantastic in his first season, his rookie year, Um, 2019. You know, not as great. He, He goes from 15 touchdowns in 16 games in 2018 to only eight touchdowns in 13 games. And now we have Jason Garrett in here who people are like, oh, yeah, he loves to run the football, establish the run. Sure, but mo- his running backs, you know, most of the time, uh, when you look at the complete running back room, they're not getting more than 13 or 14 touchdowns in a season. And can Saquon get a majority of those? Sure, but I think that's again we're talking about volume risk um, and just your overall uh, upside with Daniel Jones led offense. Uh, we didn't see that in 2019. Um, on top of that, you have an offensive line who is ranked 32nd. There's 32 teams. I believe that means they are dead freaking last. Not great, Bob. Hashtag
3: mathematics.
2: Mathematics, exactly. PFF has them ranked as the 32nd offensive line. Um, Andrew Thomas, big name, first uh, round pick, fourth overall, struggled. Was horrendous. Uh, Will Hernandez, another big name, struggled. Then um, the rest of the guys, they just do not have a great offensive line. So that's another hit against them. So if we recap this, we're talking about major injury risk, Uh, volume concerns early on passing game involvement is decreased touchdown upside I don't think is there and one of the league's worst offensive lines there's just so much going against this guy who's going as a top five pick like like literally can't get much higher than that and so I'm just worried that he could have what people saw in Zeke last year where Zeke was a top five pick he ends up as running back nine not even that bad of a season but everyone calls him one of the biggest busts of 2020 because of, of his little bit of injury struggles, offensive line struggles, all those same things I now see in Saquon Barkley's situation. So I do think he's a bust. I'm not taking him until middle of the second round, which you're like, Oh, that's not really a bust, Ooh. but when you have top five, <laughs> top five um, overall. And now you're going to the middle of the second. People will call that a bust. We saw that with Zeke last year.
3: So you have him going. Uh, he He's 5.7 right now. And that's, so fan what fantasy pros does is it's a conglomerate, ESPN, uh tracks is on there and a couple other sites. So yeah. yeah, Yahoo's on there. I think Yahoo's only half point um scoring though. So we're we're doing full PPR, but it's it's tough because you still see on some like mocks and stuff, Saquon's going as high as two.
2: Two Kevin and, Kevin Steele, the namesake uh for TFA, the father, right? He's got him yeah. at locked in running back two,
3: right? And that's that's tough to bake in with all of the other risks there. Like, I can't take him over Jalvin, I can't take him over Derrick Henry. I can't take him over Kamara. You're not taking him over CMC, and then I'm not the taking guy, him over Zeke. Why would you take him I over know. Zeke? Well, here, well, here's the deal. I'm talking about that that top four. I feel like is a tier, right? And well, then you're in his own. But yeah, yeah. Saquon is basically in that tier. I think he's in the next tier down. And he's at with the bottom Jonathan. for
2: me. Yep. Jonathan Taylor, Taylor, Antonio Gibson for me, uh, Austin Eckler, uh, I have Zeke at Zeke. the top. Actually, I have Zeke above that. But, yeah, Chubb. all those other guys. Nick Chubb is in that tier for me as well. And, and I got Saquon. Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones that, that's a name that's at the top of it. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's down at running back nine for me at the bottom right. of that tier three because uh is tier one by himself, right? So tier three yeah. running backs for me. Um, yeah, he's at the bottom.
3: So it's it's scary. And you went you hit on everything that, that I would say. And it's funny because when you told me Saquon was gonna be one of your busts, I said, you know, <laughs> I actually really considered him. But I, but he I couldn't didn't have be,
2: the stones. He didn't have listen, the stones I, to say my it.
3: stones are my stones are plenty big, all right. Well, but show I, it. I should, didn't necessarily I didn't necessarily want to go two guys in the top twenty in his heart. Robbie, you hate Saquon Barkley, and it's okay. But you know what? This guy's gonna beat us up. DK Metcalf is going to be my, my first spicy little bust there. And you know what? He's wide receiver five. He's coming off as 19 and he's coming off at 19 and a half overall. So he's yeah, you know, mid to late second round. On DLF, Robbie, you know it. He's your boy. He's the wide receiver one. Let's talk about it was awesome last year, but from weeks 10 to 17, he broke 20 points twice and averaged just under 11.5 points during the last five weeks. That's not what you want out of your wide receiver one. And when you're going wide receiver five, that's rough. During that time frame, from week 10 to week 17, he was the wide receiver 23. (laughs) Eee, big drop. Did defenses figure him out? I'm not really sure, but it seemed like they at least figured out how to slow him down. It's called bracketing. Play a deep safety, hello, idiots! It's not tough. That's what you do, and they they still find a way every now and again. But you get my point. Um, I'm not saying he's going to be horrible, but I'll take quite a few wide receivers going after him as far as their Q, as far as their current ADP, which is the same thing you're saying with Saquon. You're not saying he's going to suck. You're saying at his price point, he's not going to be worth it. So again, he's the fifth wide receiver off the board in redraft, wide receiver one in dynasty. I would. Definitely take Calvin Ridley over DK. He's going after him. Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown, Keenan Allen, Terry McLaurin, C.D. Lamb, and Allen Robinson are all in that same tier for me, and you can get them at a much better value. Seven wide receivers I'd rather have at their cost over Metcalf. Overall Metcalf at 19.5, and, and Ridley's right there at 20, so it could be a push, but that's not even close for me. I'm taking Ridley every single time. But you know what I'm doing. I'm I'm loading up on running backs in those first two rounds, and I'll get Terry McLaurin or a Rob a full round later. Although C.D. Lamb, he's going around later. I don't think he's going to be going around later when when it t- comes time for your your drafts in late August. So, but D.K. not worth the price that you have to pay to get him. So sorry, he's my bust.
2: Yeah. A lot of hype around CD lamb for sure. And just wait for hard knocks to come out. I think it's just going to skyrocket. Um, but yeah, it's a good call with, with DK. That is a pretty rich price. As a guy who really enjoys DK, obviously I have my dynasty wide receiver one. I think he's absolutely a phenomenal talent. It's just what Seahawks offense do we see the first half of 2020 or the second half, because they're night and day different second half. He's going to be a wide receiver two, And if you draft him at wide receiver five, um, and he's going in between wide receiver 13 and 24 that's a bust um if he's going to be the first half of the season dk yeah he's basically going where he should right so um that's that's the big change uh, for me
3: yeah i'm with you 100 robbie do you want to uh, get a little less spicy or you want to keep it you know mildish i don't i don't know what do you want to do
2: It's hard to go more spicy than Saquon and DK calling them busts off the rip, but I'm going to stay pretty high up. I mean, we have an ADP of 38.7 for this gentleman. He is wide receiver 13 in redraft. That is Mike Evans. And again, this is another tough one because I like the talent. I just don't like the situation. And here's the problem with Mike Evans is that he played a lot of games without Chris Godwin. He played a whole half of a year without antonio brown and both those guys are ready to go for this year now will they play you know all 17 games probably not but you got to expect that they're going to play majority and what we saw when when godwin was in there is one reception for two yards two receptions for two yards now he's getting three touchdowns out of all three of those receptions those are the the three (laughs) game, the three receptions where he had one yard touchdowns one reception for 10 yards Two receptions for 37 yards. Those are four games where he had just Godwin. That's still when AB's out. Um, games without Godwin, he's seven for 104, 7 for 122, 5 for 41, and a touchdown. You know what I mean? Like he had six games of five targets or less with both Godwin and A B in the lineup. Um, he again, I, I already mentioned his three one-yard touchdowns, regressions coming in the touchdown phase for sure. He had 13 touchdowns and on only 70 receptions, 109 targets. So Mike Evans basically lived off his touchdowns last year because he saw the least amount of volume he's ever had in his career, even his rookie year. He only had 109 targets, and so we're talking about a guy that isn't going to have the volume. He's going to have A.B. for a full year barring injury, Chris Godwin for a full year barring injury, and he's going to have touchdown regression. And so if you're telling me he's going just outside wide receiver one territory, that's way too rich for me. Uh, He's got bust written all over him because he could actually finish outside of wide wide receiver two range if his touchdown reeled reeled in. So uh, I'm definitely – I have him farther down. I'd have to look at my redraft, but I'm guessing I have him right around wide receiver 20-ish. But we could probably see him, uh, if the touchdowns aren't there, drop outside
3: of your top 24 wide receivers. Robbie, that to me is a lot spicier than Saquon. Ooh, really? Yeah, it is. Uh, Because – You're starting at the beginning of that tier that I just ended at when I was talking about DK with CD lamb going at like 12. So you have that next tier is Mike Evans. No, I'm going off of like the ADP. You have Evans, Julio, Woods, Amari, Godwin, Thielen cup. The only one that I think should definitely be ranked above him is Amari. The rest of them. I'm not sure about Julio He's already got something going on with his leg. Robert Woods, yes, he's good, but we don't know what's going to happen with him with Cooper Cup. Um, They're going to be good, but Mike Evans, again, the touchdown upside there. Uh, They're going to score touchdowns down there in Tampa. Adam Thielen, you still have Justin Jefferson. So this is that tier where you have a bunch of uh, wide receivers with two weapons there. Tyler Lockett is there. I think he's outside of that tier, but that's where it's tough. To say okay, yeah, Mike Evans is going to be a bust because he's in that tier. If you push him up above any of those top 12 guys, you're fucking insane, in my opinion. It's a clear drop off. He's at the top of the tier I just explained, but you're saying he's wide receiver 20, hot diggity. Damn, man. So, who do you like better, DJ Moore or Mike Evans?
2: Uh, they're, they're 19 and 20. So I just pulled up my PPR rankings for this season. They're 19 and 20. So very close, but, but technically have DJ Moore higher, Julio higher, Chris Godwin, obviously higher. I like him better in that offense. Deontay Johnson, Robert Woods, Cooper cup, Ceedee lamb and Amari Cooper. So, um, that's, that's just the problem. All those guys I named will guaranteed have more volume for sure than Mike Evans. Because another thing I didn't mention is that Mike Evans has never been a great um, catch rate guy. His his best year was with Tom Brady, obviously one of the most accurate quarterbacks and it was only 64%. So we're talking about his volume is going to be lower than he ever has had. His catch rate is, is still not near what these other guys are averaging. And then he has to live off of his touchdowns. Essentially he has to have another 12 or 13 touchdown season for him. Cause what did he, what was he last year? Was he, He was – so last year, Mike Evans is wide receiver 11. He's going as wide receiver 13. So last year, with all of those things going right, he gets three one-yard touchdowns. He gets 13 touchdowns on the season. He has Chris Godwin miss half the season. He has Antonio Brown suspended for half the season. All of that, and he makes wide receiver 11, and now he's going as wide receiver 13. It's bound to just drop way below that. I'm at wide receiver 20 in PPR rankings.
3: Yeah, I get it. I think you you might be wrong just because he's really no no.
0: (laughs) nope. Well, he is really good.
3: That that was fair, but I'm not wrong. You're wrong, Tom. He's next guy. He's 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 so good. Uh, Hit me up when he doesn't have a thousand yard season. All right.
2: Okay. Well, that's that's another thing. He barely got that. That, His yards per catch even went down. A thousand and like six or a thousand and nine yards. Yeah,
3: thousand and six. That's
2: fine. I I think I think we see that end. I think we see that end this year.
3: That's that's spicy Well, speaking of a 1,000 yards, here's a guy who I think might not reach it and guys really like, I think. Chase Edmonds here, RB26, 68.7 ADP, RB30 on DLF. Listen, I'm not super spicy on Chase Edmonds, but he's going right outside the top 24, so he's in flex consideration. Some teams are going to wait and have him as their RB2 because we know at this point some teams are going to load up and they're going to have three running backs. That's a mistake if you're relying on him every week. He's priced right in Dynasty at, like, the RB30 right now. But a bulk of his fantasy points came through the air, and he had 67 receptions, 402 yards, four touchdowns. Kenyon Drake, 25 catches. He was just horrible, 137 yards. It was basically dump, tackle, dump, tackle. Glass break, James Conner enters. Here we go. I, I don't know what else to say, man. James Conner can do everything Chase Edmond does except a little bit better. You know what I mean? He's going to miss some games because that's what he does. But he's no longer just a dump-off guy like Kenyon Drake. He's had at least 34 catches, 215 yards, even though he hasn't played more than 13 games the last three years. I think this is an obvious split backfield to keep both of them healthy. If they're both healthy, James Conner's that lead guy. I don't think that's close. Um, Might lead to them being more proficient. But you know what? That's a tough situation for your RB two to be in. Get your running backs early. Chase Edmonds, I he's not going to be worth that price, man. I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it. Stinky, James Conner, man.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I think they split, but I mean, we saw a split last year, right, where Chase Edmonds is behind Kenyon Drake, and wasn't he wasn't even that good. Who wasn't?
3: I don't think either one of them were that good, man.
2: I mean, he had, would you just say, 64 receptions? That's
3: yeah, pretty good that's as basically a what he was. That's basically what he was used as like, okay, James White. That's what he was.
2: And he became a, a running back 25 just outside running back to territory, which is just where he's going now. But now he's the 1A instead of the 1B.
3: Yeah, but this, the 1B. Offensive line is better. Can, listen, the 1B can catch the ball. Like Kenyon Drake was basically a catch tackle.
2: Well, Kenyon James Conner's
3: not that guy anymore. It's it's no longer he's the only option on third down. That's the big thing. I have to look at the third down numbers. I'm Chase Edmonds is probably in almost every single third down. Yeah, and I I think he
2: will continue to be. I mean, if we're trying to say who's the better receiving back between James Conner and Kenya Drake, it's like, one, I don't care. But two, it's probably Kenya Drake. You know, like they're both both meh. You know, they can throw the ball to him. But that's Chase Edmonds' deal, right? So if you have him in there for all of that pass work, like, at minimum he's going to be a flex appeal which is where he's going right you just said running back 27 so but
3: now you bring in a guy who can do that like he can be that third down back as well in james connor he can do that man look back I, to his I game i do you Pittsburgh. think
2: james connor is, is all that great honestly like he's, he's he's been okay like his yards per carry is okay like it's not great
3: but he can catch uh, his, the ball. His, he's his, smooth. He gets down. Ne- he doesn't
2: catch the ball nearly as well as Chase Edmonds. If that's what you're saying, no.
3: But this guy, Kenyon Drake, was basically catching the ball like fucking Kadarius Tony in his lobster hands there, and he's falling down after he gets it. And you Kenyon can't Drake is a better
2: receiver than James Conner. I'm just going to say that right now. What? Kenyon Drake is a better receiving
3: back than James Conner. I don't. I disagree with that. With I mean, all of that, my heart. I sir. mean, I mean, with all just... of my, with all of my heart, with all of my heart, I disagree with that.
2: I mean, if I don't know I what could, stat you want. Do you want just I the receiving drive, work? Do you want their eyes. yards per reception? If I could
3: drive to Kansas and and like nut tap you right now and just leave you like rolling around on the floor, I would just nut tap you, wave to Alex, and then walk out of the room. And then I'd come back, finish the podcast, and go over our next hot takes. Or two bus, the fuck
2: two seasons you. of fifty or more receptions. Um, his Listen, his career he was average. Not, for he years. was
3: horrible last year through the air.
2: You know who else wasn't that great with a 6.1 yards per reception, which is like horrendous. Talk about getting catching it and getting tackled, James yeah. Connor, 2020 oh, Pittsburgh. Not, not so uh disagree, uh, but I mean he could fall off the That's face fine. of the earth. That's I'm not I'm not stacking man. all my chips on Chase Edmonds. I'm just saying where you're where you're yeah. getting him. You know, it's
3: it's hard but to again, bust when you're gets... almost outside you're outside the top 24 running backs, hard to bust. Yeah, but the, the point is do not get him as your RB2. Yeah, I don't think add.
2: many teams are, and I don't think you have to if he's going outside. Teams. Yeah, no, yeah,
3: Kevin might. Kevin Kevin thinks him and Tony Pollard are like the next coming of like Jesus Christ walking on a football field. So,
2: <laughs> Oh, I love it. I, I kind of feel bad because like our, our first handful of takes were so spicy, and now we're, we're winding down. I'm going to end well, this with Big Bob Tunyon. You know, I've got a
3: lot of, I've got a lot of hate coming up on mine, uh, so it'll, it'll be all
2: right. Lock it in. I almost had him as mine, by the way, we'll get to him shortly, (laughs) but I got big Bob Tunyon. He's tight end 10 right now. Um, I, I think that might rise a little bit with Aaron Rodgers now for sure coming back. Um, I think we'll start to get more people taking him a little bit early, but, um, I've ranted about this before in our, in our podcast together. And I'm just kind of out on big Bob Tunyon for a multitude of reasons, but mainly because Aaron Rodgers had the highest passing touchdown rate since 2004. He had 9.1 percentage touchdown passing, and so that is just insane. Could he do it again? Maybe, but he's probably going to live in his six percent, six and a half percent range, which is a drop off of, of five to six to seven touchdowns. Um, and Big Bob Tunyon gets 52 of his 59 targets, 88 percent catch rate. Also, not going to happen again. I don't, I don't care how good you are, you're not going to repeat that. Um, that's extremely high even for tight ends. And then uh, just the overall passing offense uh, regressing from their touchdown. Now there's more malice to feed. We get Randall Cobb running across the middle. We get Amari <laughs> Rogers running across the middle. And now I don't think we see the same target volume for for uh, Tunyon. And he doesn't get the touchdowns. And that's what you kind of want from your tight end. And that's what made him so good is that he had so many touchdowns last year. So I think he's just this middling uh, you know, tight end 12 to tight end 24 just has a couple good games, maybe a two touchdown game, a three touchdown game. But other than that, um, I am not looking for him to be my tight end one
3: on any of my teams. All right. Listen, Linda, if you're going to punt on tight end, Tunyon is still a good tight end to have. All right. You can't right, punt
2: on him, though. He's going as a, as a top 12 tight end. Like he's going to be. No, that's
3: punt. So when you say punting on tight end, essentially what you do is you're not getting Kelsey, you're not getting Waller, you're not getting Kittle. All right, so that's that's punting, and then that next tier is Andrews, Pitts, Hawkinson, in any order you want to put them. And then you have another tier of Dallas Goddard, who might not even be in that tier if Zach Ertz stays there, which he's not going to be, but that's it. <laughs> Jesus Christ, what a fucking mess they are! <laughs> so <laughs> save it, save so, it. I know. So you have Dallas Goddard, Logan Thomas, Noah Fant, Robert Tunyon, Mike Kasecki. And you can slip Irv Smith in there if you really want to, if you're a big fan, but you have that tier of tight ends. That's when I say you're punting on tight end. You don't get one of those top six guys because after you miss on those top six guys, it is a complete dart throw. And I'll take the guy attached to Aaron Rodgers as opposed to the guy attached to Kirk Cousins, who has Adam Thielen and uh, Justin Jefferson and Dalvin cook to deal with. Um, Mike is a tough one. That is a toss-up, but you know me. I'm staying on brand. I'm going to go Mike Gusecki. Noah Fant. You know what? I might rather have Robert Tunyon than Noah Fant. I think I like Logan Thomas more than him. So I think he's actually priced about right. Um, yeah, like where where's he going to fall? Like who's who's going to jump him as far as like the ADP? That's that's the tough one. So you you like Irv and Gusecki more than him, right? Right. Evan Ingram?
2: Uh, that's where it gets close. Um, I'm not. I'm not looking at to target either of them. I, I won't have any of them, either of them, on my teams.
3: Yeah, Gronk.
2: Nope, he's above Gronk. But I mean, we, we right. saw an, a, 11 touchdowns on 52 receptions. That's not happening again. You could cut that number in half, likely, right? Especially because we saw the high touchdown rate. So let's cut that number. Let's be generous and give him seven. I think seven or eight would be would be nice. There's, that's a drop-off of 18 points, and so you can see him go from wherever he was tight end four. Um, now he's not getting the same amount of receptions because he's not getting 88% of his targets. He's not getting as many targets because now we have other mouths to feed, and he's not getting the touchdowns. I just I just think he's a one-hit wonder. He's he's honestly he's not that good of a player. Like He's just a guy that's that happened a, to catch a lot of touchdowns one year, and we saw that with Gary a, Barnage. We saw that with uh, Julius Thomas. We've seen this with tight ends all the time. And this is a guy that you were like, oh yeah, remember that one year Robert Tunyon had with Aaron Rodgers, and you're like, oh yeah, that, like that was like the Jeremy Michael Finley one year. Like, he's he's going to be a flash in the pan kind of guy.
3: Maybe when you're attached to Aaron Rodgers, it's it's tough, man, especially because he depends on him down in the red zone. Him and it's him and Devonte Adams if they're throwing the ball, and then it's you know Aaron Jones. Other other than that, like the percentage of touchdowns is going to be like under fifteen percent for everybody else probably. Just because you know Randall Cobb, who knows what Randall Cobb is going to look like when he He, Aaron
2: Rodgers likes him, he would he would kill Bob. If it meant if it meant getting Randall Cobb on the team, he would literally be like, "Later, Bob, you're off the team. I don't need you. I got Randall."
3: I'm convinced. So, like. Everybody that owns a house knows how to cook like one really good meal. Like you're trying to impress somebody, Randall Cobb must have some like fucking awesome meal or something that Aaron Rodgers like. You know what? I need some pasta and I need some fucking gravy and meat. Shrimp scampi, yeah, some shrimp scampi, whatever. Maybe some ribs. I don't know what Randall Cobb does for Aaron Rodgers, but
2: your last guy, go. All
3: right, my last guy. If you actually thought you were going to get through a bust video without me talking about Jalen Hurts, this is your first show. Welcome to the show. Uh, QB 11 or 12 because he's basically tied with uh, Joe Burrow. 82 overall, DLF QB 12. DLF QB 12. Majority of this dude's fantasy points have to come on the ground because his passing still needs so much work at camp right now. He's been up and down through the air. Granted, we're at the part of the camp where we don't see mobile QBs like Hertz get, you know, they're not really getting going. This is what we, what I talked about with Trey Lance earlier on, but you know, still we've been hoping to see like that leap from Jalen hurts where last year he wasn't really good through the air. Inaccurate, but his legs carried him. What I'm reading, what I'm seeing He's not really showing anything better than what he was last year. It's like the same guy. Throws have been off. Can't throw into tight coverage. Everything's getting knocked down. Uh, forcing throws like he did last year. Got to learn to take a coverage sack for God's sake, which is something his predecessor, Carson Wentz, never decided that he could do, um, which is, you know, why he had so many interceptions last year, just forcing the ball into coverage when he shouldn't have, because his weapons are fucking still trash like they're the opposite of Dallas I hate you Robbie I hate you I really do but like you have Devonta Smith now he's the wide receiver one and it's like he's the undisputed wide receiver one and that's awesome and all like okay who can you dispute Robbie you can't I don't know why you
2: hate Jalen Rager I guess is my okay listen okay uh, Nick Seriani hates Jalen Rager right now I know he does it's so
3: it's (laughs) so so, (laughs) can't wait to get into it Oh man. So DeVonta Smith has a, be- a bright future obviously, right? But he's banged up already. Ertz is likely to be traded. It's just fucking yikes man. I think it's this is yikes be a- man. <laughs> oh man, I love that. This, this is your this team. This is your team
2: man. It's freaking yikes man.
3: I know it is. And I think they're going to be a run for first team until that negative game script hits and then who knows what the hell we're going to see. So I'm really as an i'm I'm worried as an Eagles fan. I'm worried as a fantasy owner. I'd Vegas is have, worried.
2: Vegas is huh? worried. Vegas.
3: Yeah, I have. He's got like the second lowest over under for passing yards in anybody in the league.
1: Your I would rather total. have,
3: huh? Your win total is low. Oh, it's Six and a half. Did it drop?
2: No, no. I mean well, that's it should quite be like.
3: Low. I think it's going to be like four. So that that under is already in cool. the books. Give me Matt Stafford all day. It's not even close. That's goofy him. to me.
2: That is goofy. Right? What? People You'd taking? Have- no, that's what I'm saying. That uh, people taking Jalen Hurts over Matt Stafford. Right. I get it. We and here, here's your counter argument. Uh, you've waxed poetic for a minute here. Here's the counter argument. If he hits, <laughs> he has Lamar Jackson like upside, right? I get that. I get that. Right? I don't. I've said. I don't said think. I don't think, I don't think it's Hurts possible. Jalen Hurts is kind of the mix of Josh Allen power and, and not quite Lamar Jackson athleticism, but he's, he's right there. And so when you have that type of rushing ability, that's rare. I get the upside, but what you're saying is there is downside. And that's what a lot of people are forgetting. And that's kind of my argument with with Trey Lance is that there is a downside to these rushing quarterbacks. Not all of them make it in this league. And so you're showing that there's downside. So whether it's redraft this year or dynasty, Matt Stafford's going to be better this year, and he's probably going to be better over the next three years. So, I just don't get it from a dynasty perspective why people are taking Jalen Hurts. Oh, I get it. It's it's the potential if he hits, he is a top three, four guy, right? But uh, that's just chasing upside, absolute upside.
3: Yeah. And, and forgetting the, downside. I, I just don't understand how you can go into your season with him because he's QB12. So, you're probably taking him as your QB1. Uh, it, it's just, that's rough. And, like, Matt Ryan. I would rather have Matt Ryan. Kirk Cousins. Sure. Trevor Lawrence. mm, Matt Ryan. Okay. Let's pump the brakes
2: with Matt Ryan. No.
3: With Matt Ryan.
2: Let's pump the brakes there.
3: Okay. Secondary is still trash. Going to have to throw a lot. Your secondary
2: is trash, big
3: boy. Listen, it doesn't matter. If he can't fucking throw, it doesn't matter. My secondary is trash, okay? Your secondary is trash. (laughs) thank you for bringing that up um i just want to feel so the other thing with the dynasty aspect of it is i don't think he's the qb of the future uh so i we're gonna have a lot of unknowns there i don't think he's gonna have a lot of short-term success while he's trying to prove that he could be you know the qb of the future so that's why i'm saying if we were doing dynasty thing which you know I think I've said sell like Jalen hurts a million different times. Like that's when you do it. He's being drafted as a starter because of the upside that that you mentioned. And I get the upside it's tantalizing, but I just, I don't see it. I I don't see him progressing as a passer, especially based off everything I've, I've read and seen from the media in Philly. It's basically the same dude that was there last year. He may be able to read defenses a little bit better, but, His accuracy hasn't improved. And when you have somebody who has accuracy issues, who is likely to be throwing into very tight coverage because his receivers can't get open, it's going to be an issue. So if you can't make anticipatory throws, um, (laughs) then you, you, you be fucked. So to speak when you don't have good weapons, because that's what you have to do in order to get them open. Like Aaron Rodgers Is amazing and he can throw to all these bums out there next to Devontae Adams or Jordy Nelson or whatever, just because he's making these back shoulder throws before they even turn. Like that's that's special. Like Jalen Hurst doesn't have that, Carson Wentz didn't have that, most quarterbacks don't have that, so that's why they can't succeed. So that it's just it's going to be a rough year in Philly, man.
2: I'll play a little bit of devil's advocate here. Go ahead, I feel like I've been agreeing with you. Um, but I, but I don't, I don't all the way because I have him as QB 13 for, for redraft. And the reason being everything you said can be true and he could still be a great fantasy option for 2021. He could struggle with actually, which he did last year. He could struggle with his progressions, which he did last year. He could look lost on some plays like last year. And he was still the QB three when he played, you know what I mean? Like he put up fantasy points. So even if he doesn't progress from last year, he can still put up points because he had worse weapons. He had his first three starts. Even if he was exactly the same as last year, we've seen it be successful. Now the counterpoint that I'm sure you would make is that well, teams adjust. Teams adjust over a 16, 17-game season where you hit them with three games of a backup that they haven't prepared for, they've never seen him play NFL before. Now we've seen the tape on him, we can react a little bit better, and I think we've seen that before. So that's my one caveat. If you were to just talk in redraft, He's still going to be up there for me because we've seen that you can be a bad actual quarterback and still put up good fantasy numbers.
3: Yeah, it's just everything has to be relied on, like with his legs. So if you're perfectly fine with that, then fine. But again, give me Matt Stafford or Kirk Cousins all day, and it's not close for me. So Godspeed. I really hope it works out just because the Eagles have a ton of picks where they could build around him as opposed to having to trade a bunch of picks. But in my brain, unfortunately, I think they're going to be in the realm of being able to get Spencer Rattler or, you know, whoever the QB one is. I think they're going to be that bad. Yep,
2: yep.
3: That was haters ball. Hey, hey, hate, hate, Dude, I'm emotionally dejected because I just talked about the Eagles. I'm like, I feel defeated. I need to go to bed. I'm okay. upset.
2: Well, I'm going to get us out of here with a bang then. That was our 2021 bus episode. A little bit more redraft focus because that uh, we're, we're at that time, right? But we're going to keep up with the Dynasty um, Crystal Ball. Uh, that's an episode that we have coming up for you all that we're pumped up about. As well as our 2021 Bold takes, and a lot of that plays into your dynasty um, going long term because nothing, nothing changes a, a person's value like how they perform in the current Just years. So stay tuned for some of those episodes. We are pumped up to doubles, give them
1: to you. Yeah, we we'll <laughs> A and tea and rum. One day when the is done, we'll take our and go. We had not been two weeks from shore when down under our eight wheel bore the captain called all hands on score, and swore he take that whale and go. Soon may the man come to bring us sugar
0: and tea